what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Today, we are going to talk about even now. And what I mean by even now is even now faith. When I talk to people, I often hear about reasons why it just ain't going to work, right? Reasons why it's not going to come to pass because it's been so long, because this happened, because this needs to happen and this will never happen, right? I typically hear all of the obstacles, the great big wall that's been built against the promise, against the healing, against the connection, against the deliverance, against the addiction, whatever it is, but I typically hear that, And if you've listened to me for any period of time, you know that I believe what we focus on grows more in our lives and we get what we think about whether we want it or not. So when you think about a vibration, a frequency, you've heard the analogy about a radio and tuning into a station. So think about that with your focus. Whatever you are tuning to, even if you don't want it, is what you're going to get more of in your life, okay? So what I am on assignment to do today is to flip the script, so to speak, and give you context around how you can get really good at flipping the script in your own life, even now, even now. So I've got two different places that I'm gonna land in the word because this is spirit-filled real talk after all. And then I have a couple of homework assignments, a challenge for you, if you will, (laughs) a few takeaways that you can put into action because I am also a huge believer in practical wisdom, meaning I'm not just gonna listen to something and say, ooh, that was really inspiring and motivating, awesome, oh yeah, that totally resonated in my spirit and forget about it. There's no point, right? just wasting my time. So I am somebody who is very much about taking what resonates and putting it into action immediately, integrating it into my life. So that is going to be my encouragement to you on today as well with these few things that I give to you. Okay, so the first thing that I want to highlight is that we are not designed to live in a perpetual state of struggle, okay? I actually got a download just yesterday when I was doing some prophetic ministry and the download was get out of struggle and allow get out of struggle and allow essentially stop trying to fight your own battles stop trying to figure out how it's going to turn out stop trying to navigate in your own strength and in your own understanding stop staying in unnecessary action get out of struggle and allow right anytime I dare you to track this, (laughs) but anytime we are pushing, we are forcing, we are really running an agenda of some kind, 
right? Controlling something. It's got to be this way. This person needs to show up this way. So since they're not, I'm going to do these things, right? So think about that. That is struggle, unnecessary struggle. The reality is we can't change people. We can pray for them and we can intercede for them, but we can't change people. But who we can change is ourselves. And all of that struggle doesn't help us progress. It doesn't help us move forward. And it keeps us, again, in this state or in this position of focusing on things that we ultimately don't want and we're going to get more of. So it's really important that we get serious about our faith and about what we're gonna focus on and what we're gonna do in times where we feel like struggle is the only option, because that can feel very real, but it doesn't have to be our reality, okay? So when you and I make our own plans to really run to other people instead of trusting in the Lord, really what's happening is, is we make a weak spot in our wall of divine protection. Okay, and at a time when we least expect it, the enemy will break through that weak spot. All he needs is a foothold, right? And when that happens, we will indeed be like a broken section of a high wall. It's actually mentioned in Isaiah 30, 13. It says, therefore, this iniquity and guilt will be to you like a broken section of a high wall, bulging out and ready at some distant day to fall, whose crash will then come suddenly and swiftly in an instant. E, right? God doesn't want to have God does not want us to have weak spots. <laughs> That's essentially what I'm holding up here, okay? He wants us to rely on him and be obedient to him so that our divine walls of protection will remain strong and thick and our lives will be blessed and full. Can I get an amen? Right? Like that's what we want. The more we depend on God, the more he can actually do through us. Okay? But sometimes we go through brokenness before we enter his blessings. All right? So it's a transition. You're not designed to stay there, but sometimes we do go through brokenness before we enter his blessings. So there's a message, I think it was Joyce Meyer that was talking about this, and she was sharing a story about how there was a certain season, literally for about a year and a half, where she thought she was going mad. She just thought she was going crazy. And all day long, she was walking around her house just praying, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. She didn't even know, actually, what kind of help that she needed. She didn't know why she needed it. And in hindsight, as she was sharing that story and looking back on it, she realized what was happening and God was breaking off her spirit of independence and he was bringing her to a point where she knew that she really could not do anything apart from him. And this was before the launch of her ministry. So she remembers one night where she was going to sleep and she had a visitation from God in about 45 minutes of time. She sat there just crying. And the Lord was speaking to her and he said, anything you do, any, anything good you do has nothing to do with you. Ouch, right? I am the one who is good. When you see yourself doing anything good, it's only because I have wrestled with you to get your flesh under subjection long enough to allow my glory to shine through it. Can anyone relate? <laughs> right? So what happened for her she realized sometimes before God can promote us, he has to remind us of our place. 
right? Any good that we do is because we get our flesh under subjection to allow God's glory to flow through. It's not about us. So in her case, her ministry was just about to experience sudden growth, okay? And God was preparing her in advance by telling her that he is going to do something marvelous in her life and in her ministry. And when it happens, she needs to remember that it is God, not her, who is bringing it to pass. So God was teaching her what really is a lesson for all of us, that he is the answer to all of our problems. And sometimes we're in training. Sometimes we're in training. So I know specifically when I was learning about the prophetic, right? There's a season of learning, there's a season of training, and there's a season of an assignment that God will reveal, okay? And if if no assignment is revealed, then we stay in training for however long we're supposed to stay in training until we get an assignment. And it'll be clear when you get an assignment, but a lot of the work that we do with God is our inner work, right? God is not concerned as much as we think <laughs> about getting resource and, and working out the things that matter to us. He's more concerned about our inner life and what's going on with our character, okay? So there will be a shift, know this, from brokenness to blessing, but we've got to realize that that shift is, is God, right? God working with us, in us, and through us is what it's about. He wants to get his glory to flow in and through us so it can flow out of us to other people, right? You might hear with resources too. If he can get it through us, he can get it to us, okay? So it's, it's revealing heart positioning character there. So the other part of Isaiah 30, if you haven't read it, that's where I'm pulling this from. There's a section, Isaiah 33 through 7, where the Lord continues to warn against relying on the strength of Egypt, the superpower of that day, okay? So what that means practically for us is do not run away from trusting God to trusting in your own plans and devices, okay? So if you're anybody like me, I was definitely independent. I was self-reliant. I was self-sufficient. I was, you know, the one that was going to figure it out and make it happen and get it done, right? However, God wasn't involved in that, right? That was my own plan. That was my own device. That was what I learned from the world to survive, okay? And it came to a point where that just didn't work anymore. And I only ended up burnt out, confused, frustrated. It was not a good time, right? So before you do anything, a beautiful lesson is to check with God to see if it's even what we should be doing. There's the verse that says, unless the Lord builds the house, it will not stand. That's not fun to learn after you were building something, okay? Whether it be a business, whether it be a relationship, whatever it is, that's not fun to figure out at the end, right? So do not look to the world for answers, like in the case with Egypt, right? Because it has none to give. The help that the world has to offer is absolutely worthless. Salvation and deliverance are with God and God alone. Powerful. Man, Isaiah. Isaiah 30, okay? <laughs> so, so powerful. So that it's just all through this verse. It's a reminder that we're not to trust in our others, in ourselves even, or the world, but only in the Lord. So we can't trust in what we're feeling. We can't always trust in what we're thinking, right? Or what we stored up in the heart. It says the heart is treacherous. So we are being led and guided 
where to put our focus. Not on ourselves, not on others, not on what the world is doing, what the world is telling us to do, but the Lord. We are to acknowledge God in all his ways so that he may direct our paths, right? God doesn't just direct our path. We need to acknowledge him in all of our ways to receive his d- direction. We're to find our strength in him alone. So it's so, so powerful to look to those verses for for self-checks, really, when we're looking for our strength in the wrong places and in people, all right? Now, the other section that I was led to go to, strangely enough, had similar messaging. So I do want to highlight it here and just bring it all together for you. This happens to be in 2 Chronicles, and I was hanging out in 19 and 20. Um, But I think there's a couple of interesting things here. So one of the ones that jumps out to me is all of the ites. (laughs) So 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 3, talks about... Moabites, Ammonites, Mayunites, right? There's all the ites in there, Canaanites, okay? So these are troublemakers for God's people, essentially, all right? So for us, again, what what does that mean? For us, that can look like the fearites, the diseaseites, the povertyites, the bad marriageites, the stressites, the grouchy neighborites, right? The insecurityites, the rejectionites, the unworthinessites, and so on, right? We all have our own trouble, okay? And we don't even get it from the world a lot of the time. It's just the way we think. It's the what, what we focus on. It's the way we speak and don't guard our tongue. It's our emotional management or lack thereof. It's unforgiveness and bitterness that we've stored up in our hearts. So we've got these ites that chase us around, okay? And we need God to do his work in us. We need to be humbled. We need God's character development, okay? And we're transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can actually focus on whatsoever is lovely, pure, noble, praiseworthy, right? So, because really where you've put your mind, the body follows, (laughs) right? So, however many ites that you have, what this is saying in in Second Chronicles 20, King Jehoshaphat here shows us what to do. He turns his attention to God instead of focusing on all the ites that were trying to rise up and rule in his life. Okay, so when he was told that the ites were coming against him, the first thing he did was to fear. <laughs> Right? He believed all the false evidence that was appearing real. He was like, OMG! Right? But then he did something else. He set himself, okay? Like, this is a physical activity. He set himself to seek the Lord. Determined to hear from him, he proclaimed a fast throughout the land for that very purpose. Okay? And sometimes, if you guys are familiar with prayer and fasting, that's what you need to do. You need to give yourself a divine timeout. I consider 2020 a divine timeout. (laughs) If you have never had one before, that was definitely a prompting for one. But it's it's a time not, not just to not eat, okay? But it's a time to use all of the time that you're doing unnecessary activity, and we do a lot of that, to seek the Lord instead so that we can set ourselves aside. We can isolate ourselves so that we can fine-tune our hearing and fine-tune our sensing because we need a word from the Lord, and we're not going to stop it until we hear from Him. So for me, I typically do liquid fast for 21 days at a time, right? So anytime there's a meal, I'm using that time to seek God, 
right? And then my sustenance is just liquid for those 21 days. And I, I set myself to, to get a word from God. I like to do this at the beginning of the year. Um, and I do it uh, without publicly expressing it, but doing it so that I can hear from God and clear out of the clutter. When I need a word, I'm going to get a word. <laughs> I'm going to set myself like King Jehoshaphat to get a word, right? So he set himself to seek the Lord, determined to hear from him. He proclaimed a fast throughout the land. He knew he knew he needed to hear from God. He didn't need to hear from himself because that wasn't working. He didn't need to hear from anybody in his world because he knew what that was going to look like. He didn't even need to hear from the world because he knew that that's not where his help was going to come from. He needed a battle plan and the only God, right? Not idols. The only one that could give him a battle strategy, a battle plan was God. And that plan from God was the only one that was sure to succeed. He might get plans from other people. He might come up with his own plan, but he needed a plan with all these ites coming against him that was going to succeed. It was a sure thing. So he knew that he was only going to get that from God. So he set himself to seek God. Okay. So again, this is telling us where to put our focus, <laughs> right? Not on the ites, but when we have trouble in any form, whatever that looks like for you, whatever your ites are, we should develop a habit of running to God instead of people, okay? So I, I'm not sure who has said this, but there's a saying that says, uh, before you go to your phone, go to the throne, <laughs> right? Like even good godly counsel is great, but you personally need to hear from the Lord. Even when you get counsel, you need it validated and backed by God before you actually make a decision. Okay, so we should seek God rather than our own minds or other people's minds. So ask right now, ask yourself, when trouble comes, do you run to the phone or do you run to the throne? God might, I'm not saying that he won't, he might direct us to a person for advice, but we should always go to him first and show that we honor and trust him above all else. Okay, so when you find yourself in circumstances that make you feel fearful, right, instead of giving into fear, we all have that option, right? There's no like special humans. We all experience fear and we all have the option to surrender to that, okay? And the key here is to surrender to God, all right? When you're afraid or uncertain how to handle a difficult challenge, the key is to ask God to help you know how to handle the situation correctly. Ask him for the guidance that you need, okay? So there's a verse, it's 2 Chronicles 20, and it's verse 12. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Set your mind and keep it set, right? Okay, and then there's a couple of sections that I wanted to highlight. Another one from 2 Chronicles 20. This is verse 20. So powerful. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. Okay, so I don't know what advice that you've gotten on establishment <laughs> and prosperity, but it says it right here. Believe in the Lord right? And you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast. So there's time there, right? And challenge there and testing there. How else are you going to realize if you've remained steadfast or not? Remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. Powerful stuff right 
there. Powerful stuff. So the thing that King Jehoshaphat is highlighting for us is that as he was experiencing fear, he started praising the Lord so he could shift into that space of shifting his focus onto his help, right? So he's acknowledging not the ites, not the past, not the fear, but how great, awesome, powerful, and wonderful God is, okay? So he started remembering what God has performed in the past to start stirring up his faith, to start activating his faith. This could be worship, this could be praise, whatever you want to call it, but it is shifting your focus. And it does require diligence for you to do that. It doesn't just happen naturally. We don't just shift into praise, right? You can get there when you train yourself, right? But it's not just going to happen by default. By default, we will just naturally give in to fear. So that's the diligence piece, okay? So... What Jehoshaphat is saying is he's saying that God is so great and he already knows that God has it under control. He's like, yo, like my human self, my human self, I'm about to lose my mind, okay? But you, (laughs) but you've got it under control and that is what I'm going to surrender to right now. Not the fear, but how awesome you are and how you've already got a solution for this before I even realized it was a problem, okay? That's a choice that we can all do. So we do ask God for help. Remember in in times where you do this, that he hears us the first time. So you don't have to keep spending time in prayer asking him for the same thing. What you do is you ask him, right? And you focus on him and his mighty power. You worship him, you praise him, and you listen for his solution. He's going to manifest a solution, right? Or he's going to give you a word of direction, the winning battle plan, okay? But your job is to to trust in him. It says in the word here, Second Chronicles 2017, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your position, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. All right? That's the strategy. So another way to say this, I call it resting in the storm, okay? So this is also Second Chronicles 20, and... I can get to it here. It's verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand up against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So that was the full verse of what I referenced before. It's telling us to pray when we are facing like big fear (laughs) or a big battle, whatever that happens to be for you. When we don't know what to do, our eyes are upon you, okay? So you might not have any might, any power, any strength in your own eyes against your enemies, all right? You might not know what to do, but know that you need to have your eyes focused on God no matter what, okay? And then that's, this is how God responded. What I just read to you in verse 17, it says this, you shall not need to fight this battle, right? You don't need to do all that unnecessary action. All that worry gets you nowhere. Take your position, one of faith, firmly rooted and grounded in God. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Fear not, nor be dismayed. So that is our battle position, (laughs) okay? It's one of abiding in the Lord and resting in God, Okay, rest in him. That doesn't mean just like sit and chill on your couch, but it means in your inner life, your mind ain't going crazy. Your emotions ain't all over the place, right? Your heart is not in a constant panic. It's resting in God. 
I choose. I set my focus on the Lord and I'm going to praise because sometimes we need that praise for breakthrough. We need to tell our inner life how to respond to things that make us feel uncomfortable. Okay, when our eyes are focused on him and doing what he directs us to do, we're moving in reverential fear of him versus fear of the situation. Okay, so we're moving forward. So there's no such thing as the rest of God without opposition. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but there's really not. Like if we if we didn't have any challenges, we wouldn't need to be able to rest in God. We wouldn't need to stand firm. We wouldn't need to activate our joy and all of our other tools, right? We wouldn't have to. So think about that, all right? There's no rest in God without opposition, okay? Think about that. Jesus told us, peace I leave with you, my own peace, not our peace, his peace he gives to us, okay? Not what the world gives. His peace is a spiritual peace, and his rest is one that operates in the midst of a storm, not in the absence of one, okay? So what this is saying, also, don't be naive, right? There, there will be opposition in our lives, but, but rather, right, than freaking out, he's giving us a different approach to these storms. As we learn his ways and approaches to life, right, and align with those, we will experience his rest in the midst of storms. And that's how people can also know <laughs> that you're children of God, for sure by our love, but also by our peace, right? Like, how are you in this state of peace, right? Like, how are you given what's going on in your world right now? Like, it doesn't make sense, right? Supernatural peace does not make sense, but that is what we actually have access to. And when we praise, praise actually confuses the enemy. <laughs> so when we set ourselves to seek God rather than live in fear, focusing on how awesome he is, we can stand and wait on him knowing that he's going to show up, right? And when he does, it will also blow our minds and increase our faith. <laughs> so think about that. Think about how you are fighting your battles today and what you focus on and what you keep seeing in your life. Perhaps it's because of your focus. Perhaps, perhaps it's an opportunity to be humbled, like the example of Joyce Meyer that I shared, where she was in a season that was preparation right before a major growth spurt. Maybe you're there right now, right? This could be a test that you can pass, shifting your focus and activating praise when it's the easiest not to, right? And developing that resilience training, okay? So this is a reminder to get out of struggle and allow. And as promised, here's a few things that I'm going to walk through that you can do practically to activate this as well. So number one is write the vision. All right. Write the vision for what God wants you to know in this season. Where is God taking you? What does he want you to focus on? Who are you becoming? What are you stepping into? What promise does he want to remind you of that is still true today, even now? even now, <laughs> even now, what is it? Write that vision, put a pen to paper, get that vision out, 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 and date it. So powerful. Number two, play the long game. So this is more like a heart position. Rather than looking for an escape, <laughs> rather looking for a way that you're going to fight this and navigate this in your own strength and understanding, 
rather than looking for some way to numb the pain or a way to run from it, play the long game, right? Like no matter how long it takes, no matter what I've got to walk through, I am determined to get to the manifestation of the fullness of what God showed me in that vision. I am fixed on it and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to grow mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. Like I'm going to do my work, right? And I'm going to position myself for the long game here. I'm going to play the long game. I'm not going to look for instant gratification. I'm not going to look for a shortcut. I'm not going to you know, take the bait that the enemy gives me because the enemy often brings things that look exactly like what we desire, but they're counterfeit. Okay, so if you're not playing the long game, you might fall for the counterfeit. And that often becomes right before your your blessing, right? So that's being diligent and paying attention. And then lastly, number three, trust God with the details. Okay, this is a trust thing. Surrender the how. Surrender the how. Know your what, know your why, but surrender the how. The harvest, the resources, the connections, whatever it is that you think that you need, the how is it going to happen? Surrender the how to God. Be open to how he, the creator of the universe, <laughs> is going to do it in the perfect way and in the perfect time. Okay, and that's actually an item because that might be something that you continually choose to do. You continually choose to trust by surrender. Okay, so this is what I want to remind you of. Okay, our job is not to focus on the ites, but to turn our attention to God. What we focus on grows more in our life, right? We get what we focus on, whether we want it or not. Believe the Lord is your God and you shall be established. Abide in the Lord and enter the rest of God. These are beautiful promises and ways that we can keep our peace and stay in the present moment, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're facing. We can get out of struggle and allow God to show up and move mightily on our behalf. We can pay attention to his solutions that he's showing us, that he's revealing to us, that he wants to manifest for us, right? Before we had a problem, he had a solution. And we can also be the solution. Sometimes we're it, but we won't be a solution if we're caught up in all of the cray, right? We're not able to hear God when we're constantly in chaos. When our spirit is disturbed, we can't receive wisdom and discernment, right? When we choose to think for ourselves (laughs) or or go to other people for answers, we just get caught up in confusion and a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So that's not God's promise for you. His promise is to keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Okay? And this is only a transition. This is not your resting place. You're not going to just be in struggle. You don't have to stay in struggle. There's so many ways that you can move through this and grow through this, right? And when you're on the other side, you'll actually get to have and enjoy it if you do the growth work, if you pass the test. So that's what I want to leave you with. I hope this message blessed you on today. If it did and you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you do that and share it with a friend. You can also connect with me over at julianapage.com. There are books and courses and coaching programs and many things to help you on your journey. So go check out julianapage.com. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.